0: Welcome, and I am Bob. I am here with Bill.
1: What's going on, Bob? Uh,
0: This is Bill and Bob's basketball betting. Long awaited.
1: Long awaited.
0: Yes, the basketball betting bonanza. Uh, This is the pre-tournament, maybe one of a few episodes before we get down to the brackets. Um,
1: yeah, so we're recording this on a Monday. The brackets come out on, uh, obviously, on Sunday after the conference tournaments. So this will be – we'll probably do maybe two, uh, another one or, or two maybe before. We'll see before Sunday um, when the, the conference tournament's finish. But this one will just be sort of a, a, a very broad sort of recap of the season, uh, what we think in terms of conferences uh, the best teams that are around and then because it's a players tournament and uh, there's always some stars in March um, we each have a couple of, uh, of guys to watch um, come the NCAA tournament time um, so just sort of before the uh, conference tournaments get fully kicked into gear I know you know there's a few of the small ones that are already uh, going Gonzaga's playing actually in like 30 minutes against St. Mary's and like and I think it's the semis of the WCC but until uh, until those conference tournaments get started, this will be a broad overview, then maybe we'll start talking a little bit more specific into conference tournaments uh, as this week progresses before we finally, after two long years, get back to the NCAA tournament.
0: Yeah, quick uh, quick rest in peace to the uh, 2019-2020 tournament that we never got to see uh, for the teams that Obviously, like Seton Hall, who didn't get to have their potential Cinderella moment. But um, let's move on to better times. Yeah,
1: it's really it's got to be really tough to be a Seton Hall fan. I think they were the if I had to pick one team that really just like the, they could have had a shot to make some serious noise last year, uh, and now this year, you know, they're they're sort of relegated as an outsider. I know they're technically still on the bubble, but I don't. They're out. They're, you know, they're out. It's going to be tough they're, for them to win out. without winning the Big East. Although, we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, yep. The Big East is not um, impossible right now.
0: No, actually, uh, if you want to, if we go 5-1 to one, uh, best conferences, I'm going to list the Big East as my fifth best conference this year. Um, the way I see it, there's two teams right now in the Big East. There's obviously Villanova, Creighton right behind them. Creighton, well, each team has their own issue right now, which we could get to down the line. But um, yeah, they're the fifth best conference, um, whereas in the past, we the Big East has been... Pretty loaded, arguing to to get six or seven teams in out of their ten um, this year. To me, they just have two standout teams in Creighton and Villanova. Um, so they're my Creighton fifth team. and Villanova. They're but, my uh, fifth the conference round. The thing
1: right now with Villanova is the, they've just been decimated with injuries over the past yep. um, over the past week, really. It's it's the, just the last two games specifically where they've they've kind of lost two of their their top three or four players. Also, you know this is not your your typical Villanova team um, defensively. they they've got some serious serious holes. Um, they can't. Oh, I've yeah. watched a bunch of Villanova games this year because uh, I have too many friends who went to Villanova. But the they they had they have just an absolute inability to defend against a, even a mediocre to good big man. You saw it in the Georgetown game against teams that are not even good villanova has a really tough time if they've got a good big man they can still shoot the ball so you know like like many other teams in the tournament they're absolutely capable of winning a game or two and they can hit hit you know a bunch of threes in a row and 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 really get going but it's it's going to be really difficult for them especially once they start playing good defensive teams in the you know this the third round or the fourth round of the tournament to actually pick up wins because it's the law of numbers. Just says they're not going to be able to, to hit as many threes as they are going to need to hit, especially given how they are defensively.
0: Uh, yet yeah, don't disagree with you one bit there. Um, as long as you don't disagree with me on the conference. Well, my fourth I, I, best I conference had this year
1: at number five as well. So we're in, we're in agreement. I have a feeling we might be in agreement the whole way through on the conferences. We'll see what, cause I think number one, two, and three are almost, you know, pretty easy to figure out. So let's see what you have at number four.
0: The fourth, and I will make a quick explanation right afterwards. Oh, I have, have the, the ACC rankings. and the way I see it is the two best teams in the ACC Virginia and Florida State, I think, are better than Villanova and Creighton. Not to say that you know Villanova and Creighton couldn't beat um, Florida State or Virginia, but I just think as a as a whole, I I like Virginia's. They have, they also have their, fl- there's a lot of flawed teams this year, and they have their flaws. They're not the same defensive team they've been in the past. Um, I still think they're a, f- a very strong team, and Florida State, I actually is a team that's kind of on the rise for me. Um, which it makes this, which is why I have the ACC higher than, than the Big East, just because I really like what I've been seeing out of Florida State, although they, um, they Leonard do have Hamilton's, some inconsistencies. Uh, Florida as State well.
1: teams are always really interesting to watch in the tournament because they're always super long and they can they have these games where they play just absolutely great defense and they can beat teams that you have you just really don't expect them to beat because oftentimes they don't have sort of the elite scorer or the elite player but somebody steps up and they they play excellent defense all game long the other thing i think that that separates the acc from the big east even beyond those those two teams is you've got virginia tech is is also kind of a uh, borderline, uh, they are. I think they're in the top twenty-five yep. right now. They're like twenty-two or twenty-three, depending upon the polls. But Virginia Tech's in there, and and you've got a bunch of other teams in the in kind of in the middle, hanging around on the uh, on the outside, looking in, or right on the bubble, like Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Louisville, those sorts of teams. Where you know the, there's a because you've got a, a very weak slate of teams this year. The ACC might still get five, six teams in, but unquestionably, I would say that. Oh, they for are sure. The, um, you know, number four ranked conference. Just and and I, and to further your point, it's kind of yes. What cements it for me is is where they are at the top. So their two best teams are Virginia and Florida State. Nothing, nothing against those two teams. Virginia's had some bad losses this year. I trust Virginia, obviously, in the tournament. They're still the defending champs, I guess. Um, but but uh, but you know, th- those are the, the ACC will be lucky if the, their best team in the ACC ends up a three seed right now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, then the third best conference in my mind is the SEC, which I'm sure you won't necessarily disagree with me either.
1: Um no and I, I and it's to the point like the difference to me between the SEC and the ACC is comes absolutely down to who are the best teams that you have in that conference and you've got two you know teams that are if you know borderline top 8 could be two seeds in the tournament
0: trying to you have two, yeah, two yeah. teams fighting to get on With, that two um, line for sure. And
1: those two teams are Alabama and Arkansas. And a very strange sort of uh, twist to the uh, season, but yeah, it just happens to be them. But, and I think the other thing is this year, the top two conferences, which we'll get to, are so much better than. And I would say the number one conference is even better yep. than the. You know, is, is another. Full step ahead, but they are so much better than oh, all yeah. the other conferences. There's good teams You know, you've got Gonzaga is the best team in the country and I think the best team since Anthony Davis's Kentucky team um, But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but there's there's a you know, a whole string of, of Teams in these conferences. They're gonna get 10 11 bids just because the other conferences are are so weak this year.
0: Oh yeah, um, and the SEC again. Uh, it's still got the top two: the, the Alabama and Arkansas fighting to get on the two line, but they do have the depth as well. You have, um, you know, you have Tennessee, you have LSU, you have Florida, you have Missouri—all teams that potentially should be in the tournament and are no slashes either. Um,
1: sure. Yeah, I mean, I would bet one of those teams doesn't make it um but but that said i think the other three will so i think you'll probably see five from the sec that make the tournament and if and if you know things end up shaping out well you got to remember there's no ivy league bid this year so that's an extra team in the tournament for all intents and purposes um you might see the sixth team from the SEC make it. Or it's not out of the realm of possibility, I've, I've, you know, from watching SEC this year, that you could see a team like a Kentucky make a run in the SEC tournament. Kentucky's been completely capable of beating good teams. They beat Tennessee on the road. They've, And a lot of their losses, even though this is not a Kentucky team that's particularly good, they've got a lot of talent. If they happen to put it together in a string of, of four games, that it's not inconceivable that they could make a run in the SEC tournament. and The SEC could get an additional team in there.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. They definitely have the the talent has been there. They just were in such a rut for in those early season games. They just couldn't find themselves at all, and it. And then after winning three in a row, then they lost two in a row, and yeah, they they're still figuring it out. But they're certainly a team capable of going on a run. Uh, to my top, uh, second best conference, uh, and I don't think you'll necessarily differ either. I have the Big 12. 2nd uh, best team in the country. I think I think at the not to go too far into team talk right now. Top team in the country in my mind is Gonzaga. You have Baylor as the number two, and I think then there's everybody else, and that's how these two conferences are. I think the Big Ten is obviously the best conference in my mind. Big Twelve comes in second, um, and yeah, you after Baylor, uh, there's a little bit of a drop off, um, but yeah, the Big Twelve certainly has has the capabilities to get a lot of teams with um, you know on the four, five, and potentially even lower you have Kansas who has started to really turn it turn it around after it's kind of a weird early part of their season for them you have West Virginia Texas these are two The Texas Tech is a team uh, Oklahoma State these are all t- teams that could really go out and beat any team in the country other than maybe you know like I said Gonzaga and Baylor I think are in a class of themselves and thinking that you're going to go in and beat them consistently I think would be tough but there are a lot a lot of good teams in the Big 12 this year
1: uh, yeah, it's it's a funny thing because it's it's like runs the the opposite of uh, when I think Big Twelve football, I think no defense. But Big Twelve basketball, there's a couple really good defensive teams. They could they obviously score, but Texas Tech, I, I really really like. I know they've had some some losses along the way on their schedule, and um, and they're not going to be you know they they are also coming off of a Final Four and a final appearance where they almost won the title against Virginia, um, but they, they have. They have uh, enough coaching and enough talent on that team that they could easily make a run in the in the tournament. They're a kind of well balanced team. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They play good defense, and those are the kind of things that uh, oftentimes you see in the tournament that that become uh, huge factors. But yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I think I think Baylor. Unfortunately, Baylor didn't play for like a month, so it's it's so tough to judge where Baylor is in comparison with a lot of these other teams to me. So it's like, like, I understand where their record says, and I understand that they have these, some of these really good wins and they played a couple of close games, but they really didn't, they, they, you know, they're playing in, they didn't play for a month where it, and it's that crucial month where teams get tired and you end up going through the ups and downs and the lulls in the season. And I would have really, I would have a much better feel for that team if they, uh, if they were actually full, under – had a full season under their belt.
0: And we also missed out on the potential Gonzaga-Baylor um, game, which we got ruled out with uh, Baylor COVID issues.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would have been an excellent uh, game to watch. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Baylor's completely deserving of the one seed. I would probably not have that I know they're number two in both polls. I, I hesitate to – to put them at number two, just because I think you can make a really good argument for both Illinois and Michigan, even though Michigan is coming off the loss, and but Illinois with a great comeback win um, against Ohio State, and just those teams are so battle tested. But that's moving on to the uh, to the next conference. So yeah, but, I mean, that? big, no, big. We both say the same thing. It's,
0: a, it's the Big Ten's basketball league. Big Ten, uh, you already mentioned Michigan, Illinois. Uh, you also got Iowa in there, Ohio State, um, and even Wisconsin and Purdue are or, or no slouches either. That, I mean, this conference is just loaded this year. And every single night, there has just been, every time they've been out there, just fantastic, fantastic uh, games nonstop in that conference. All right, Um so just a few more words on the Big 12. Um, oh, sorry, Big 10. Yeah, so although they don't have that clear cut, um, I would argue that they don't have a clear cut number one, but they have, they're have. they gonna be the conference that I think winds up definitely with two teams on that one line. And they might line, wind up even with a, another team or two on the two line. That just shows how good this conference is. Um,
1: oh yeah absolutely they have three teams that have a very legitimate claim to really they have four teams that have a legitimate claim to um at least i just think but three teams without question that have a legitimate claim ohio state maybe on the outside but um right now but i mean you've got you've got illinois michigan iowa and ohio state who are you know three of those four at least will be a two or better and whichever one ends up being a three is the three nobody and, wants to And play.
0: Co- their conference tournament will be must watch television my 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 hang up though is one of these teams is going to go out early in the tournament and not be in their in the conference in their own conference semis um, and you might even get two because somebody's going to have to face you know purdue or wisconsin and like i said like i said earlier there are no slashes they can certainly knock off any of these teams as well
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you might want to turn up your volume.
0: Let's make that adjustment.
1: I think it just went down.
0: All right. Um, now my top five teams. Now this is a tough one because, and it's a good transition I think from the conference with the Big, the, the big Ten. It's which Big Ten team doesn't make your top five. Um, so my fifth best team I would put as Iowa.
1: Your fifth best team would be Iowa. Home. Iowa. Interesting. So, are you a uh, my my issue with putting Iowa at number five? And I know they have a very good record. Is that um, I think they can become a little one-dimensional.
0: I don't disagree.
1: Um, they are. You know, Garza is an excellent player. And is, you know, right there at the top of the list of uh, possible Naismith winners. But I I just, I don't quite, I I have them outside my top five uh, personally. Um, My top five, my number five team is the Cougars of Houston. Ooh, don't hate uh, it. Even though it's a you know mid-major, and they do have three losses in in um, the American Conference, which isn't a great conference, it was an okay conference. Their losses are close. They have a couple of really good wins. They beat Texas Tech, um, a few other uh, teams that were ranked this year. Um, they the schedule they played while not well, you don't have a lot of like top five, top ten type teams on there. Um, at the same time, it's all quality. It's a, it's a lot of people, a lot of teams that are going to make the tournament and have played quality schedules. I think Houston's going to be a very tough team come tournament time. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Big Ten kind of uh, in some way sort of cannibalizes itself mm-hmm. in, the, in the tournament, if Houston is able to slip into that um, one line. Uh, I really like uh, Quentin Grimes yep. on, on Houston. Um, shoots a lot and is very streaky. So he can kill them some games, but uh, but if he's on and he's playing well, very very difficult guy to um, to hold down. Capable of putting up twenty five to thirty in a game very easily. What what why I
0: put Iowa here over Houston is actually so they don't do this too often and. I actually think it's something you're going to see more in the tournament. With as you said, Iowa tends to be one dimensional. They'll occasionally bring off um, off the bench. Um, it's a guard, Toussaint. Now he he could fly up and down the court, and he could get to the hoop. Whereas a lot of the a lot of their guys tend to be like. You know, just play around Garza as shooters, besides Wieskamp, who obviously is a guy who can play inside and out. They also lost um, Jack Nunji, uh for the year as a 6'11 um, forward who could shoot it. He's out, but um, yeah, when they play Toussaint, uh, when I've seen him in, in a few games play extra minutes, it gives them a guard who... Can kind of go by guys instead of just being a shooter. Tucson, I actually think is a New York City guard. I think he's actually from the Bronx, but I like that dimension. And I think it's just something you might see more in the tournament when you, um, you know, these these teams like Wisconsin and Iowa when they get in the tournament, they they're not over, they're not a, a overly athletic, um, and that's something that Tucson I think brings to the table for them. And um, I, I I think you just might. You might see a little bit more of him in the tournament just because um, as the caliber of play uh, steps up as the rounds go on. He's a guy who I I like when I've seen in limited action out of him.
1: Yeah, Um, One of the things that has happened over the last, let's call it two decades, is with more guys going to the NBA quicker, the tournament has become far more a guard-driven tournament. So you really do, if you're going to make a run, even if you're not a, a team that has a lot of great guards, you need excellent guard play to do well in the tournament because it's a three-point shooting tournament. So you've got to have guys who can defend around the perimeter. And you have to have, even if, if you don't have a, a scoring guard, which is really what you want to have, it seems like in a lot of these games, or at least a scoring forward who can handle the ball. You you want to make sure that you have a guy who doesn't turn the ball over. You don't if you're you can be you can have teams where they have no big man and they're fine because what they end up doing is out shooting other teams or they can make up for it in other ways. But it's very difficult to patch up um, poor guard play in the tournament.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Iowa does have um, Bohannon as well, and and uh, Weescamp can handle the ball also. Um, my next, uh, my fourth best team. Um, and this is, I think, again, uh, this, we could differ here because I think there's two teams or two or three teams that could wind up here. I have Michigan, um, Michigan, no bad losses on this season. Three, their three losses are, um, Minnesota at Minnesota the loss at home against Illinois which is what made my decision really and then they lost this past weekend at Michigan State in what was a rivalry game and uh, back-to-back games against Michigan State um, over the past I think it was like a four-day span for them um, they're led by um, a freshman big man and then they have some veteran players like Isaiah livers Um but yeah, this Michigan team is very, very good. Um, I just think um, there's a three-headed monster on Illinois that I really like, and to me, when they're at their their best, um, I just think they're a better team than than Michigan.
1: That's, that's interesting because I, you know, I agree with what you're saying on Michigan because I actually have Michigan as my number two. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said, I have Baylor at three. It's really more of a of a reflection of, of kind of where I think, um, or, or of having not seen enough Baylor for what is supposed to be the most difficult month of the year where you can kind of really make your medal to, to have, a that strong of an opinion on, um, on Baylor, but Michigan, I, I mean, I think Michigan will be a one seed in the tournament. Um, and, yep. and I think, they they present a lot of different teams with a lot of very difficult uh, matchups. Uh, Hunter Dickinson is phenomenal. Yep, uh, big man. It's it's really interesting as the game has gotten um, has gone more and more toward kind of Kevin Durant becomes a very popular player. So everybody who's six foot eight, six foot nine wants to be wants to have that slim down body and be a Three-point threat and uh, and a dribble drive threat and really play the guard position, tradi- traditional guard position from you know the the a six foot eight or six foot nine or above um, height, and you look at at certain teams Garza on Iowa and Hunter Dickinson on on Michigan and these are just old school like plotting big men with excellent footwork who the more these kind of skinny guard big men cannot stop them inside because they, they're they just too bulky and too strong. You see, I saw it when um, when Michigan was playing Ohio State. Ohio State was having such a difficult time. And Ohio State's a good team, really good team. And Ohio State was having such a difficult time containing Dickinson. Kid's a freshman. I, I mean, I think he'll probably leave after this year, I would think. But, you know, good free throw shooter, which you know, for a guy like him who gets fouled a lot, he's a 75% uh, free throw shooter or so. That's you know, if you can get that out of a, out of a guy who's gonna get fouled a bunch of times during a game and especially in the tournament is gonna get fouled a lot, I think that's excellent. He's, he's got your classic old school big man numbers. It's like it's like six. Oh yeah, six um, Oh, sorry about that. He's got six, uh, 60% uh, field goal percentage. Uh, which means basically all the shots he's taken are little jump hooks and, and little things in the lane. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of him and a big fan of uh, of Michigan. I have uh, Illinois as my number four team, but uh, maybe you want to talk about the Illini since you have them a little bit higher.
0: Yeah, so actually um, I have Illinois as my three, and um, – you actually we could start because you were just saying as far as big men who don't necessarily step it out from the outside, they have a big man of their own. All these teams actually other than Baylor have a dominant big man, big man uh, seven foot Kofi Cockburn um, and he is a he is a man. he is a man um he reminds me of just like, of like Julius Randall, um, but even at uh, Julius Randall was just like a man amongst boys, um, you know, his, um, I don't know if he was, it was just like, just, you
1: couldn't, he was too strong for everyone else. It was like a, a smaller version and, of like and, a, a Larry Johnson or somebody like that who was just like physically, yep. it looked like a, you know, a kid who was 18 playing against kids who were 14.
0: And and that is and that is Cockburn. He is a load inside, and he is just he, he is just tough, tough to handle. Strong kid, um, but yeah, just another set of the big men. They're, they have a couple of young guys that actually do it for me. The third guy, that their their three-headed monster in my mind is is Adam Miller, um, kind of like a silky smooth inside-out um, you know swingman who has been he, it's been inconsistent. For sure, but he's a guy who certainly um, could wind up in the lottery in the next few years, um, and then obviously their lead guard, which I, I feel very strongly about, is he is incredible player in transition, has hit big shots at the end of games, um, could have gone into the into a draft last year and didn't. do Dusimono, Dusimono, he is incredible.
1: Yeah, he's been he's been a uh, unbelievable all year, and he's yep. he's unselfish too. He's averaging five to six assists a game. He understands how to run the offense, and I think he's averaging twenty something points. Which for a team like Illinois, with all these other great players around him, that's that's uh, that's really something. It, he is he is absolutely on the short list of maybe you know three or four people who uh, have a decent odds to win the uh, the wooden. For sure. This year. Um, yeah, and and again, come tournament time, having a guard like him is is just so huge. You can't understand. You can't. And, they, it. and
0: there's also times where they'll move him off ball, where they have a freshman uh, a freshman guard, Andre Corbello, who could go in. Um, so they have a kind of a different. They can use him in in a few different ways. So um, Dosamenu in the tournament really could be. Um, you know the difference maker in how far um, Illinois goes and whether they could actually, you know, knock off. It. I think they're going to have to knock off another Big Ten team to get into the uh, into the Final Four or, or in, to get into the into the final. So um, we'll see if he continues his magic. Um, You're number three,
1: exactly. You're going to have some of these Big Ten teams that are going to yep. have played them each other uh, at least like three times and probably four times by the time this thing's over. That's how good the Big Ten is this year. It's like the old school um, ACC or the Big East, when the Big East had a run. Where it's like all these teams are get, are so experienced with each other that those games come, the semifinals or the uh, or the Elite Eight are going to be phenomenal yeah. because these teams know each other. Third one. or fourth, or fourth
0: conference games. Uh, the, your number three then would be Baylor.
1: Yeah, my number three. Is now Baylor. before we get before um, we get into
0: them, let's uh, let's take a quick break.
1: All right.
0: All right. So you have. I'll let you talk to them. Uh, talk about them a little bit. They were your three. Um, the Baylor. Um, Baylor out of the Big 12.
1: The Baylor Bears. Uh, yeah. The
0: Baylor Bears. Yeah. I was blanking on their team name for a second. I was just like, <laughs> Baylor it was like bears are there bears in texas
1: yes there are bears in texas somewhere i'm sure okay sure of it in austin? To, no 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 it'd have to be closer to like the the i would think if there were bears no, there, in there texas, was a joke there was a joke. there was
0: a joke there was a joke there was a joke in there but
1: oh, oh, oh. Oh, all right yes 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 Yes, there are bears in austin in that sense of the word this is true um yeah The. the Baylor's a great team and you look through their schedule and the teams that they've played very, very challenging schedule. Again, not seeing them for a month just made me bump them down a spot because I've seen Michigan so much for the past um, month or so Mm. that I I have a a better feel for their team. And I, and I just tend to like Michigan a little bit more than Baylor, but I, I, you know, if you want to put Baylor at two, I have no problem with that whatsoever. They have a bunch of absolutely great wins over Texas Tech, Texas. Only one loss, obviously, against Kansas. Um, I believe they, they actually played Illinois and beat Illinois um, pretty handily earlier this season. Um, Jared Butler is right there in the top three for um, the Wooden Award for Player of the Year. Uh, they have super yep. strong guard play uh they they are a team that, that think, has basically throws at you a, a group where almost everyone can handle the ball.
0: Yeah, I think the difference w- will be when they um when Baylor has to face some of these um Big 10 teams, it, you know, it's it seemingly they're going to have to come across them whether it's in the Sweet 16 or or beyond. They they're, they're going to come across one of these Big 10 teams and or or even Gonzaga at some point in the tournament if they if they advanced as far is it Baylor's offense is based off their guard play. They can light it up at any one second. It's not even just Jared Butler. You have um, Davion Mitchell, who's incredible uh, another incredible guard in his own right as well. Um, but it's, they lack, That Big man you know you said it with Michigan with Dickinson you have Gonzaga who's got Timmy you got Garza on Iowa you got Cockburn on Illinois all these teams have this huge big man and you just wonder if Baylor will be able to handle it if the game gets slowed down if Baylor plays at their pace uh, quick up and down. You know, you question how effective some of these guys are gonna be, but if they're playing, say, a team like Iowa who might slow it down a little bit, throw it into guards in every possession, and they if they play the clock game, you have to wonder if Baylor is just gonna have the answers inside because they don't have they don't have the front. Absolutely. Court that That's these my big question mark have.
1: with Baylor. When I think of Baylor and Michigan, like how do they match up with Hunter Dickinson? Um, it's gonna to be tough. I'm not saying it can't happen. But and, and Drew is a good coach, but it's it's just there's a there's a deficiency there that that is is absolutely glaring to me in, in the fact that they don't have a big man. But I will say this, if you want to give them uh, a boost in another category that is not necessarily talked about a ton, it's they have a lot of experience on the Baylor team. They come they're coming at you with Butler, who is a junior, and the other guy who's in their backcourt who kind of plays much bigger than he is and and ends up and he's absolutely a guard i think he's six foot five but he leads the team in rebounding and um and chips in a bunch chips in you know six eight points a game is uh mark vital or vital and he's a senior you know they have they have um they have guys who've been around a little bit and i i think you know one of the things that you, you can look at and you can actually take into account is the fact that, all right, well, if they have some senior leadership and they have a few of these guys, that counts for something big in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, you can always get a big man into foul trouble quickly. You, we've seen it happen a billion times before.
0: So, and actually, you, you just made my transition for me. I just went back to the box score of when they played Illinois. Now, it was December 2nd, very early in this college basketball season. Uh, Kofi Cockburn only played 18 minutes, had seven points, and he had four personal fouls. So whatever they did, they got him into foul trouble. Now, I think I watched the game, and I actually don't remember it that well at all. But the fact that they got Cockburn into, into foul trouble was obviously a big big difference in that game um, but yeah obviously that's that's got to be their game plan is is trying to get these these big guys when they're going to come across them in the tournament you're going to come in you're going to come across the these dominant the, the other good teams and great teams of this college basketball season have a really good big man. And that's Baylor's certainly their weakness. But they have three or four guards who are really, really good, like you said. Um, Fidal, you have Teague, they, you know, uh, Davian Mitchell. And that's not even mentioning uh, Jared Butler, who you said top five uh, top five wooden candidate. He is one of the best players in the country, um, you know baylor team is based around guard play where it's it's really kind of ironic because ba- the baylor teams that we've become used to are these very florida state-esque teams where they're long they're they seemingly have every player at six seven um and their athletic cell where this team is just completely guard based um and that that's where they make their their you know yeah. that's where the no, way they I make their too. bread and butter i
1: agree with you um, and and you know you can always uh, the the alternate strategy that you have even if you don't get the big man in trouble. Uh, let's say they play a team like Michigan. One of the advantages of going against a slow plotting big man is if you bring them all the way out and you have guys like Baylor, where all five guys can shoot from the outside. Yep. Uh, that they can put they can put a unit out there where all five guys can shoot. That helps big time. Makes it makes things makes things completely completely within the realm of possibility for them. Um, and, and again, you you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Baylor, putting them at three. Um, and I don't really care who puts them at two. I think that's, that's perfectly reasonable and legitimate. They only have one loss. They have a bunch of great wins. Um, I just have seen more out of Michigan. Um, and I think, you know, like, I think that there is a class in the, at the top of the big 10 and I would personally put Michigan at the top of that class.
0: And Michigan, coincidentally, they're oh, no, number I, think two. We talk I don't about know if that you have enough. anything we else to, get add to, to them.
1: We should get to number one because it's as clear yeah. cut as 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 can be. Clear in my mind.
0: Uh, I'm not now you said the Anthony Dave the Anthony Davis Kentucky team. Um I I, I think that's a fair comparison that as Kentucky far as how, is, how good this Kentucky team two. is.
1: And their two losses were where one was a, a three at the buzzer against somebody early in the season, and another one was a the SEC championship game that you know they, they were already well past. They knew they were going to be the number one overall seed, and it, you know they, they they lost that game, but in the end of the day, it wasn't something that that really hurt them and and or something they particularly thought about uh, going into the tournament. But the, and, then, and then they steamrolled everyone in the tournament. That year. Um, And this Gonzaga team reminds me of them. Or, I mean, if you want to throw it, if you want to throw it back even further, I would say like the UNLV team that went undefeated because it's not like this Gonzaga team has played uh, a weak schedule out of conference. They've played everybody. They played a bunch of good teams and they've really had only one team that has even played them like relatively close in a game this year.
0: Yeah, uh, they have been dominant, uh, just to actually name a few. They they opened the season with wins over Kansas, Auburn, West Virginia, Iowa. Um, then they beat Virginia, I mean, not only they did they beat BYU. Virginia, but they scored uh,
1: 99 points against Virginia. Virginia is the best defensive – you know, they, yep. they've got the best defensive coach in the country. They're – always a a great defensive team. They like to keep games and they like to keep teams in the fifties and sixties to score 99 points against Virginia is, is utterly remarkable. And I watched that game and I was going into that game. was like, this should be a game that Gonzaga might have some serious problems with because you look at their lineup and they've got um, whether it's Timmy or Kispert, you know, they have six different guys who can lead them in scoring any, any given night. But you know, they're, they're, they they can shoot, but oh, okay. If some if Virginia goes out and covers them man to man and really gets in the guys' grills and plays really physical, I think Virginia's going to give Gonzaga a tough time. And it was the game was over from five minutes in.
0: And and there, I, I, and granted, it was opening night uh kansas top 10 ken palm defense uh they put up bonder and two on them so they are they are a team that has filled it Nobody up all season long um actually the they're gonna be
1: on on a, on a given night it's like it's it's, oh, yeah. it's almost like they pass the baton whoever's whoever this whoever is hot at the beginning of the game is like all right you're gonna be our go-to guy tonight they have that luxury so their two best players are are bigger they've got uh Timmy, who uh, will be is probably a top five wooden candidate. Uh, He won't win the wooden just because there's there's too many. And then probably the best scorer on their team, and Timmy's what six foot nine, six foot ten. He could shoot from the outside. And then their best offensive player is Corey Kispert, Um, and Kispert's averaging twenty a game. And it's a a 20-a-game where, like, he's not playing second halves. And sometimes he's only scoring eight points in a given game. But if they need him to score 30 one game or if they want him to score 30 one game, he can go get 30 really quickly and really easily. The field goal percentage on Gonzaga, I think as a team, they're shooting almost 50% for the field. That's how good they are offensively. It's like a juggernaut the likes of which we haven't seen in a very long time.
0: Yeah, they have, um, just like you said, Timmy Kispert, uh, Jalen Suggs, who you, uh, uh, incredible freshman. Those are three NBA players right there. And that's not even mentioning Joel Ajaye, Andrew Nebhard. I mean, this, they, they have, they are loaded. Loaded.
1: Absolutely loaded. Um, I would be I would be utterly shocked if they are not in the final four. If somebody, if some two seed manages to beat them, I just don't even see that happening. I really, it's going to be very difficult for even a Baylor or a Michigan or an Illinois to to beat them in the semis or the finals if if the if those matchups end up happening. Uh, but at least you could you can make the argument and, and look in different places and say, okay, this is how it could happen. But I look at the the you know. The the teams that are kind of ranked five six seven eight nine ten eleven who might be the two seed or the three seed in Gonzaga's um, region
0: yeah and it's I, just
1: I, I don't see a, a way that that's gonna that they're gonna beat Gonzaga just what Gonzaga can, they they just can beat them in too many different ways and they're not a bad defensive team either they're the you know. The, the points against are a little bit higher, but a lot of that is a product of kind of being up huge in games and then you kind of – the later in games, they give up a, a few more points. They end up coming – jumping out to these massive leads.
0: Yeah, actually one game stands out um, where it was Pacific actually had them late into the game with a lead um, and then basically Gonzaga got them into foul trouble and I'm just looking now – they actually, Gonzaga wound up beating them by 18 points and held them to 58, Um, but for a half and into, I guess, what we would consider like the third quarter, um, Pacific was playing with them, and then, and this is it. You you can't hang with Gonzaga for 40 minutes. They're just that good. Uh, Just the constant shooting. You have a guy like Suggs who could get in the lane. You got Timmy. All these guys just wear you down, and they can play in so many different ways. They're just that good of a team
1: all right here's here is um here is one quick aside since we're both on the same page for sort of our our top five you know i think we have maybe one uh or two slight differences there but but generally speaking we're in the same top five give me one team that is let's say outside of the top 10 that you think is that you would consider in your top five because i have one team that is ranked – that is in the, in the rankings, is not ranked in the top ten. They're actually ranked 11th right now. That is – that I could see in, in, as a two-seed and I think is in it. any individual given game can play with almost anyone, uh, and that's West Virginia. So I don't know if you have a, a, a team like that as well. But in my so, case, I look at West Virginia. I, I'll let you think about it for a second. I'll just say it's like you look at West Virginia's schedule this year, and the games that they played, the the they have a quite a they you know a lot of losses for a team that you're you're talking about as one of the best five teams in the country. Because I would have, I was debating whether or not to put uh, West Virginia as my number five. I just from a rankings perspective, it's just you, you really can't do that unfortunately. But um, I, I but I can't they, disagree. West Virginia you. has played so many good teams, and their losses are all super cl- are very close losses. There's two points here, one point here, four points here. And they actually are the only team I watched for the uh, actually hang with Gonzaga until the better end of the game. They ended up losing to Gonzaga by five points, but West Virginia is not going to back down to anyone. Um, I've watched, you know, that they're capable of losing to teams because they don't have the the best offensive guys in the world. But, Huggy Bear has got his guys playing great defense, and they're they are not afraid of any team in the country. That's for certain.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with you one bit there. Uh, Derek Culver just just like we've talked about, how most of these teams have dominant big men. Derek Culver is one of the best big men in in the country in his own right for West Virginia too. I I, I am I am with you there. They are a team that can has a chance to go far, um, and they just actually. Um, Less than a week ago, took Baylor to overtime and went up only losing by five. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exactly, they They, 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 as, they played they,
1: both of the best teams in the country. Now, you know, if you don't want to include Michigan on that list, that's fine. But they're they played that those two teams. They played them as well as they've been played by any other team in the country. Uh, you you want, if you want to look like at their losses, they have the loss to Kansas that where it was double digits, and then their other losses are four points to at Oklahoma two points at versus number four texas uh a five-point loss to a florida team that's going to the tournament um a one-point loss to uh, number 12 oklahoma a the five-point loss to to baylor and another five-point loss to oklahoma state who they'll see again um in a couple days for uh, the, that rematch
0: yep but yeah, the only team that has actually beaten them by more than five points is is Kansas and you just have to wonder if they if West Virginia just had yeah, an off night I mean that I night. mean that,
1: that could easily happen and it's gonna but happen. What do you...
0: The the team I like that's outside of the top five that I can I, I, I like to do some damage in this tournament is actually Alabama. Um I think they just the their guard play is um is just second to none with who well I don't want to say second to none but they are it's it's very very good how um how strong it is with um John Petty, Shackelford and Quinterly, just three strong guards um in their own right you know I I know I spoke about earlier about the guard play of Baylor, but um Alabama I Yeah they're going to really be an interesting like two seed well, in the
1: tournament but, or or three seed you know it's a, a very difficult game for uh for a one seed to look at because again it's a guard heavy tournament and if their guards get going it's it's I agree with you.
0: All right, all right, so we've obviously mentioned well we'll we'll have mentioned most of these players I think um, but let's let's talk about it's not the five topics for for the Wooden Award, but necessarily our five best players in the country this year. Um, I don't know if you want me to make my fifth choice or if you want me to kick it to you to start
1: um, you can go ahead and, and uh, give me your number five
0: so my number five is actually a guy We I actually got to look to see this I haven't seen a ton of them play and now they'll be in the tournament so this is where we'll see a little bit more of them um, as they start to play uh, times at normal east coast times rather than uh, those west coast times uh Evan Mobley of USC. Uh, potential pretty much a one and done. Um, but he is a guy who just does a lot of different things um for a big man. And um the few times I've seen him play, uh, he has been fantastic. And when you look at the, when I look at box scores, he's just constantly been there. Um, you know, nonstop. He he's just a he's a guy who um Really, it just is, is a very unique player at, at seven feet. and But he's not – he actually probably is more of like kind of that Kevin Durant skinniness than a than a true seven-footer like some of these other guys we've talked about earlier. But um, just a, a real good player who I think um, it will be interesting to see how far they go in the tournament and whether the, the, the national attention catches on with yeah, him.
1: Yeah, very interesting. I'll, I'll give you – number five, I'm going to give you another freshman – um, who's kind of in a, in a very similar mold, sort of not uh, – he probably won't be back next year. I highly doubt it. Um, is a great scorer and can score in buckets for a team that he doesn't have the kind of help that a lot of other guys have, um, and that's Cameron Thomas from LSU. Um, yep. He – right, right now, to start the – from the SEC oh, – hang on one second. Sorry. I have a computer issue um, the since the since the start of the season as a freshman you know he he had a, a rough patch where his field goal percentage went down because he is a scorer and so he's he his. if you look at his overall field goal percentage it's something like 40 40 percent or 41 percent from the field right now but that's because teams are he doesn't have the kind of help that a lot of other guys have and Uh, Is doing quite quite a lot on his own, and the SEC is actually, for all of its flaws as a conference, it is a pretty good. There's a lot of good defensive teams, and they they play a lot of physical uh, ball. So he's he's been tested in my mind. He's averaging 24 a game still. Um, Six foot four and long, Uh, he could shoot the ball from the outside, and he could slash. So I, I have him as my number five guy right now. And LSU is right now probably in the tournament. Uh, you know, and barring any bad losses will be in the tournament. I don't really put them on – I put them in the, the in category, not quite on the bubble unless they have a bad loss or two. Um, and we're really getting to the point where that's really not a possibility. I think they're going to they're gonna be in the tournament, even if it's as like a seven seed or something like that. Um, I could see him as the kind of guy – I don't expect LSU to go far in the tournament, but I could see him as the kind of guy who if they end up as a seven seed or if they end up as a, a six seed – putting together two games where he's just goes off and is on fire and they take out a two or a three seed.
0: Yeah. uh, Cam Thomas, I I forget what game I saw him play, but he, um, he lit it up for like, I think, I think it's actually was his first 30 point game of the year that he had, but he is, yeah, he is a, is a very, very, Good player, and like you said, he doesn't have the same talent uh, around him as some of these other guys um, in that we're gonna mention here um, have. Also, uh, my fourth is um, Jared Butler. Um, just as far as like a lead guard, um, I think the only one who can compete with him there is Ayu uh, Dusimono. Um, but Butler is the the guy on um, on Butler. Uh, so, oh, no, on Baylor, sorry. Um, but yeah, Jared Butler uh, to me, just as a lead guard, that's what we look to in the tournament. Um, we look for guard. Um, you know, uh, guards typically are the ones you see, um, you know, leading their teams. And, you know, obviously because they, they have the ball in their hands um, when the game is on the line. And Jared Butler to me is just that
1: guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you so much on on that statement that I actually have Jared Butler as my number two, mm. um, in the country. So um, my number four, and I know this is going to surprise you because chances are he is going to win the uh, Wooden Award, which is why this is a not going to be the rankings of the of the top guys to win the wooden award. These are who is the best player in the, who do we think, who do I think is the best player in the country? And that's Luca Garza. So um, I don't know where you're going to have him on your we're, list.
0: We're not far um, off. He was my number three.
1: Okay. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, his, his numbers are self-explanatory. I mean, he's averaging 24 and, and nine. He, he did, especially early in the year, he was, he was borderline unstoppable. He had so many games where he just, he was, such a bull and I mean when they play good teams and he if if he can avoid foul trouble he's very capable last week against uh, Wisconsin he had 21 and 16. Um, It's my only issue with Garza is I think he's a little bit one-dimensional so he's not he he, I I think it's very possible to slow him down Um, and I think you've seen that in some games this year where he's kind of you've you've wondered where his Garza gone um, against certain teams, uh, and he's he's disappeared for a little while, and that's that's the thing that happens with big men sometimes in the tournament because they have to have someone get them the ball. So if they don't have the the um, if he's not getting the ball on the the um, and the, the his and his guard play is is lackluster and and Iowa's got good guards, but if he's not getting the ball like he should and he got he doesn't get into a rhythm. It can affect how he plays for the rest of the game. He played pretty well against Gonzaga, but Gonzaga handled him without um, real issues.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's why Garza, I had him as my three and not my one or two. Um either is just uh there's not much else for me to really say on on guards. Yeah, he is he's a beast, but I thought the sim- similar things where he certainly can um kind of get taken out of a game and just being a big man, he the ball is just not in his hand as much um unless they throw it inside, but yeah, Iowa is a team that um you know, if they fall behind, you have to wonder if they're going to be you know, starting to pull up with guys like Bohannon, Wieskamp, you know, shooting more threes, and does Garza kind of just have to get his points on putbacks more than anything else? So um, actually, since uh, Garza was my three, uh, feel free. Go right to your three then.
1: Um, all right. My my uh, number three is uh, is I think a guy you probably have is number two or number one, uh, the masked man himself, now that he's wearing one, E. Uh, Dosmona or Dosomuna. How do you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, yeah
1: I, I, I mean, you can't really say enough about what he's done all year just scoring wise, uh, handling the ball and, and deceivingly long. He's six foot six. Uh, you know, he, he, he yes. spent so much time with the ball in his hands that I, I often think of him as a, as smaller than he is when, you know, when you just look, but he, I mean, he, He's six. He's every bit of six foot six. He's long. He plays good defense. Offensively, he's he's lights out as well.
0: Yeah, he actually. I, I was debating whether he would be my two or my one. Um, the reason I actually have him as my one um, was just because what his body of work as far as like hitting shots at the end of the game. Um, is what has him as my one yeah. right now, um, and that's only because the guys on Gonzaga haven't needed to hit a big shot at the yeah. end of the game, um, and, and it's just it's unfair to the guys in Gonzaga. They've just been that dominant, so that's why uh, Dismunu was my number one. Just because when it comes down to it, on uh, for Illinois, you know he's going to be the one taking the shot at the end of the game, and it hasn't mattered. Um, he is just an incredible player in the open floor. You already said it defensively. He is—he is that good. He is long. He gets into the passing lanes. He could get to the hole at will. Um, and he, and he—and his shooting stroke to me has gotten um, so much better than last year. He, yeah, to me he—he is, he is the guy. And we always say guard play wins in the tournament. Um, he is the type of guy who. Um, I think will be on everyone's radar after. The oh tournament. yeah,
1: absolutely. He's he's. This is his final year. He's actually 21 years old. So you know he's he, he's going yes. anyway. Yeah. And and that's another thing. Like you you look at a guy who's 21 years old, and that matters for late game situations. It makes Illinois more of a threat yep. come uh, later in the year and come come uh, late in the tournament. Um, so my number two, we talked about before, um, Butler. Uh, I, I've, we've, I've mentioned him a bunch and, and talked about him a lot, so I don't need to, to go over too, too much, but I mean, he can do a little bit of everything. The fact that he's a junior, he's been there a while, is also very good for me. It's, it's, it's one of those things that, that I feel like he's going to come up big when they need him to later in the, uh, in the tournament. And uh, again, you know, you have I have Gonzaga, and then kind of everyone else. I put Michigan at two, and Baylor at three, but I have no problem flipping that. And um, I feel the same way with uh, looking at the if I'm looking at the best players around. Jared Butler is uh, is my number two.
0: Yeah, my number two, um, and I'm sure one of these guys is now going to probably possibly be uh, I, your I number one. Out. It's wit wit.
1: I caught that. I'll tell code. you right now. My Which number Gonzaga? one is insert Gonzaga player here.
0: Okay. Well, I was going to pick, I, I, and I will pick now as well. according to. Okay. So, and I'm actually going to be. I I think this is a little bit more contrarian. Maybe Ken Palm numbers say that Drew Timmy is the best player on Gonzaga, one of the best players in the country. Uh, to me. I'm actually going to go Kispert. Um I he's one of those guys who uh like is no, there a better shooter right now. in the country? Not right now. I, shooting, I, so I'm not, not sure. I mean, but Kispert Kis Kispert is just this outrageous talent um, because he's got a handle too. It's not like he can't score and can't go to the hole. It's not like he's strictly just a, a standstill shooter. He can get to the hole. He can create his own shot, and the guy just doesn't miss. He just does not miss. He is just he is an incredible, incredible talent. He could shoot over guys. He's six 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 seven. He is um, just as good of a shooter as. I think we've seen in several years Um, at this level.
1: I I would probably, gun to my head, have to agree with you. I think Timmy's right there, though, as well. Um, I think you could make the argument that Gonzaga has three of the – probably the best, like, seven or eight players in the country Um, between Suggs, Kispert, and and Timmy. But, yeah, Timmy is – if I had to, you know, pick one guy, it's probably Timmy as well. I'll give him my number one slot because – I mean, I mean, uh, Kispert as well because uh, just from a from a scoring perspective, it's it's just he, the guy is capable of thirty five any game. His twenty point per game scoring average is the most deceiving twenty points in that in college basketball because if he played for other teams, he'd be averaging twenty eight to thirty. And I I at least will accept the argument, the counter argument that the guys because he has so much help on his team, he's not always the focus of the defense at all points in time. But, man, it's like he, he reminds me of uh, – and a guy – he, he, he kind of became a joke of, for his career because he was such a bust in the NBA. But, but you forget how good Adam Morrison was when he was at Gonzaga those years. But he really didn't have mm. the kind of help that, that a guy like Kispert has. But they have very similar games and that they're just incredibly difficult, long, and, and can knock down any jumper from the outside, but also have the ability to slash get to the hole, Throw it down. It, I mean, the other thing I, I'll give both Timmy and Kispert is they're great passers. Probably the most underrated part of both. Oh of yeah, their that's games what I was going to say. Is uh, is their ability to pass the ball?
0: But by not picking Timmy, we lose the opportunity to talk about how good of a pass he, passer he is. And no. the man doesn't really no, miss doesn't around, around the rim either. He does the and get the ball just, at the high post.
1: Um, and it, it's really – you can make the argument that Timmy is, the, is uh, the focal point to their offense when they're running offensive sets because everything mm-hmm. goes through him. And he's, he's really the point forward, point center kind of making decisions from the high post. On who he's going to pass to, or if he needs to score, or or what else he's going to do. He's very the the guys on that team are very smart, and the same thing goes for Suggs too. I hate to like take up. I hate to, he gets overshadowed because of the oh, of the other guys on his team. But Suggs is is a phenomenal player as well.
0: Yeah, just a guy who uh, he will probably be one and done, and just he could get to the lane, can shoot it, uh, just it. Uh, an incredible talent in his own right. And that's, I mean, I could tell there's just going to be a lot of Gonzaga love over uh, the the few podcasts as we go through this, uh, get into this tournament. I mean, they're just that good of a team. If you haven't watched them, um, I'd say watch the the West Coast Conference final. Um, Yeah, they they should be. I don't think the other games have been played yet. Um, They're they're currently blowing out uh, St. Mary's in the semifinal now. Um, But Bill, uh, that wraps it up. I think for this episode, we'll be back um, for at least one more episode before we get into the the bracket breakdown, which is normally what we um, what we get into tournament wise, uh, where we do multiple episodes over um, you know for each each region. Uh, But we'll probably have another episode before then, just kind of maybe some conference tournament talk um, as these uh, tournaments get into their um, into those big matchups. you know the weekend and, and whatnot
1: yeah and good good to uh get our legs under us with a nice little uh broad look at the entire college basketball season with this episode so this is this is good and uh bob it's great to be back
0: uh yeah bill this is uh this is, and you know what this is our bread and butter is college basketball but just for the the folks out there we didn't do it this season uh, we were one game out of the money for for NFL uh pick'em. So, yeah, you know, just just saying, just throwing that out there, uh, in the, folks.
1: In the uh, multi-million dollar, uh, yes, for um, the DraftKings Draft
0: uh, National Championship uh, pick'em, I think is what they called it. We were one game out of the money there. Um, so certainly basically the
1: Super Contest, but uh, it to moved to east, so east, east coast, east coast, east coast Super Contest. Basically, there's some, there's some like I don't know, some like. Sickness thing going around. I haven't. I'm not sure what it is, but that's what they tell me.
0: Yeah, I don't think yeah. it exists in Florida. All right. So, all, all right, right, Bill, we'll be back.
1: Thanks for thanks, uh, thanks for
0: listening, everybody.